I just want to make love to you. Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Joey B. I am the founder of Blind Knowledge. BlindKnowledge.com is where it's at. Podcasts, streamers, gamers, music. We got content. It's real. It's truthful. It's dope. Check it out, man. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we're back. It's true. Yes, it is. Hey, everybody. My name is Joey B. This is Knowledge This Degree here on the Blind Knowledge Network. Uh, We are so excited to be back with you on this edition of Behind the Content, where I go behind the content creator, basically. We all see their content. We all hear it, whether it's a podcast, digital content creation, or even a live stream. But who are these people? What makes them tick, man? What makes them want to keep doing this? And, And what made them want to do it in the first place. So that's what the deal is on Behind the Content. Just a little plug before we get started with Matt Bliss from Teaching Culture Cast. BlindKnowledge.com is a spot where you can see all of our content, ourselves actually, all of our content creators, uh, digital live streamers. So keep in mind, BlindKnowledge.com. And uh, we're also on social media all over the place. Instagram is The Blind Knowledge. We're on Twitter at Blind underscore knowledge. We are on TikTok. We are on Twitch at The Blind Knowledge. And we are on Facebook for anyone who is still on there at Blind Knowledge. So I think that's enough for me uh, because I can promote all day, as we know. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and bring on Matt Bliss because this man knows a thing or two about podcasting. He knows a thing or two about games, and he has an exquisite beard that I would never be able to grow myself. So thank you, Matt, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for the compliment about the beard. It's uh, uncommon. I'm not on video as often when you're podcasting, so it's it's really nice to get a compliment like that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's quite a few ladies that are into the beard, so uh, keep doing your thing, Matt, I guess. Well, there's only one lady that I care about, and... That's the way. (laughs) Smart man. (laughs) Smart man. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on. Appreciate your time and everything. Um, Basically, this is, of course, Knowledge is Degree. We're doing the Behind the Content series. And we're going to basically get behind Matt Bliss, the artist, the, the creator, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Now, you are uh, stationed, or not stationed, but you live over in Australia, is that correct? Yes, not stationed, it is currently my home. Yeah, has been not stationed the there, 33 years or so. <laughs> Fair, you're not like in the armed guard, as we know. No, but I am in Australia, yeah, only been abroad for about a year in London and then came on back. And it's kind of interesting, I think, for podcasting niches too, to be from Australia. It's almost like a like a forbidden fruit, kind of like you, you don't get the Australian podcaster much in some spaces. So yeah, there aren't there aren't a lot of you out there. I mean, I'm over here in the U.S. and podcasting is so so huge in the U.S. and so it's nice to connect with podcasters and creators that aren't so much around this area. They're not really my neighbors. They're just in this whole different country and in in your case on the other side of the world. So this is a beautiful thing. So Matt, you do a podcast called Teaching Culture Cast. Can you give us a little rundown on, on what that is? Absolutely. The Teaching Culture Cast is primarily going to be a platform for teachers to seek uh, professional development, learn a little bit more about teaching, find uh, 
the edges of perhaps their practice, the pedagogy, uh, the extra things in the background that um, maybe don't get addressed as often because in teaching, there are the basics that you know you definitely have to hit. There will be registration bodies that tell you you need to do a certain amount of professional development, for example. And there's always the heavy hitters with what you can tackle with that PD as well. It's always going to be how you teach the lessons, your approach to the lessons and the methodology. But there's so much that isn't covered. And most podcasts tend to hit the experts as opposed to getting the people who are in the trenches, as it were, going with our stationed analogy from earlier, they're actually out there teaching, practicing things. They've got their own little tips and tricks, I guess, to, to actually approach teaching in a way that's sustainable and fills in the gaps. And with the Teaching Culture Cast, we're currently still in our first season. We're very close to wrapping that up and going. And our big focus initially has been on graduate teachers and pre-service teachers or people who are training to be teachers because that's where those gaps are really present. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that you undertake a, a master's course or a tertiary degree of some kind and they have the subjects that they they teach you about. But whether you get the stuff in between, you know, the extra little things that can really help you along your way really depends on the lecturer you get or the tutor or sometimes the institution itself. So that's the gap that we're trying to address with the teaching culture cast at the moment, really trying to, to give people what they need to get started in teaching really well, in addition to helping out pra currently practicing teachers with, with their practice and uh, pedagogy. It's a lot of P's. There's lots of P's in teaching. Right on, right on. Well, we have an alliteration of P's happening here. But that's it's very interesting. So you're really you're you're filling in the gaps. You are putting this information out there so that you know educators that come on board are uh, themselves educated on how they can become better through theories and through experiences. Do I have that right? Probably more so the experiences. There is no end to educational experts that I could approach to get on the podcast to talk about this theory or that theory. The experience, I think, lends the credibility to the podcast a lot more because that's the stuff that you don't hear about. The, the teachers that don't really get a voice in the industry don't really want one sometimes as well. In fact, that's been one of the big things starting this podcast that it's all well and good to have the idea for it. But getting this one rolling, I needed to have teachers who were willing to come onto the podcast and talk about their practice and talk about what they do. But a lot of them had a bit of imposter syndrome when I approached some that I knew already because I am teacher trained. I've got my masters of teaching. So while I'm not currently a teacher, I could be. Um, and I've heard some, had some friends as teachers and colleagues, ex-colleagues as teachers that I could have approached as well. But many of them felt like they didn't have anything to offer. And it took a little bit of convincing to bring them into the into the room a little bit and, and start to talk about the things that they could offer. And it's amazing what teachers do have to offer the industry as well as offering to everybody else. Because I'm not sure if you've been keeping up, Joey, but there's a lot of stuff going on in teaching currently with conditions and pandemic response the amount of work that teachers have to accomplish, it's a lot. Yeah, I can only imagine. I'm not a teacher myself, but you know, we have spoken in the past about 
how the U.S. and they're kind of slacking on their education system. And yeah, now you have this whole pandemic that has come out and it's got to have adjusted, you know, just the ways and the modes that you teach. That's it. And that's been one of the big struggles in Australia, who you may have seen as well has, or at least the state that I'm currently in, has had the most lockdowns and the longest period of lockdowns. Yes, you currently have the record of all lockdowns, most lockdowns. Yeah, we've heard all about it over here, um, but we only know what we hear, so we can only go off of that. Yeah, about 275 days, I think, in total across two years it was. And the students and the teachers, obviously, that was ducking and diving between face-to-face teaching and doing it virtually. And it was always entirely virtually. There was very little room for adjustment there because of the nature of the lockdowns. So yeah, it's been a really interesting conversation. But funnily enough, in episode 10, I had the opportunity to talk to an American teacher about the comparison between our experiences and what Australians hear about the US in teaching, as well as what a little bit about what they hear about Australia as well. And yeah, if, you, if you're keen to hear the differences in the teaching style, his unique methodology, as well as some of those comparisons, then episode 10 would be a really good shout. Fair enough. Sorry, shameless promo. No, as you should. This is what it's for, <laughs> man. This is the spotlight. Matt, what else do you uh, What else do you do as far as podcasts go? Do you uh, hop on other shows ever as a guest? Do you have anything else that you do besides the teaching? The podcasting for me has become a bit of a hobby. So I do jump around a little bit. Teaching is, I would say, is my primary one. The Teaching Culture Cast is. Uh, it's where I test out a few social media engagement techniques and uh, see what I can get done. But you did mention the video games as one of the aspects of my podcasting as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is one that I contribute to quite often called the Game & Watch podcast. They do a weekly podcast where we just talk about gaming news and more from the consumer perspective than anything else. They haven't tackled full industry in-depth stuff. They haven't got anyone on the show yet that's like completely in there as an influencer in that space, but it's very hard. Video games is a really big media content kind of behemoth, really hard to tap into. Oh, it's huge, dude. It's huge. It's always been huge since the 80s. And now with Twitch and you have gamers. I mean, back in the day, we used to just be People that played video games, that's who we were. And now it's a category of gamers. It's almost been accepted. It, it's kind of amazing. It's kind, it is kind of oversaturated with the gaming world. You, you get a lot of podcasts out there that are definitely specifically geared towards gaming. But the show you go on, don't you guys talk about some cool things like how it's how the games are built, the different chip styles, and even what these retro games sell for when they're graded? Do I have that right? A little bit. So that's, that's where our individual proclivities come into play, I guess, where I'm more of the tech guy. If someone talks about a transport truck of graphics cards disappearing, I'll get an opportunity to extol the the, the bad things about chip shortages in our current environment. Um, we've got another host, Too Tall For You Fool, or Justin Reed, who's really into his retro games. So he'll often bring up the different consoles that are constantly coming out as Kickstarters or whatever it might be, and talking about the games that are available for those. And we've got our own little pockets. That's and cool. that's, that's kind of what makes the podcast. That's right. a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So you can go from different genres, different niches, and you still feel comfortable out there. That's it. 
And funnily enough, it's a good platform for me to talk about NFTs and cryptocurrency and the blockchain is a very big subject in video games at the moment. Really? Mostly because everybody's against it. NFTs are uh, viewed as a scam in video games. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard that. Because majority of the time they are, and it's it seems like an opportunity for people not to listen to the gaming public and what they're trying to say. But there's something in there. I know that there's there's an end game that they're trying to get at. So I'm trying to keep the conversation going with it. Uh, I must admit my co-hosts aren't as keen to talk about it, but uh, I feel like we need to get the the discourse rolling with it just to make sure that there's both sides of the argument. That's an interesting take. Yeah, maybe we should uh, introduce you to Devon, who's doing a show on blind knowledge called Bridging the Gap, uh, which is all about cryptocurrency, which is all about the history of cryptocurrency. Let's let's go backwards in your history. What made you get into podcasting in the first place? Well, I think it'll be a common story among many people, but it was really the pandemic uh, for the work that I do, which is a bit of IT training, usually face-to-face. That pushed me into a realm from the physical space where I was telling people how to do things and teaching them to engaging them virtually because of lockdowns, because we had to be very cautious when the pandemic first started. And I've always been tangentially interested in how the technology works, how uh, video game streaming works, and how uh, some of these podcasts managed to put together something with so little. And the provision of the technology makes it actually very easy, even though it takes a little bit of time to get used to it. So I explored the tech a little bit, and then all of a sudden, I kind of said, hey, maybe podcasting is the go. I've also been told my voice is made for radio. They haven't talked about my face in that sense, so I'm guessing I'm not the ugliest (laughs) person in the world. Yeah, there are some people that are just made for radio for sure. But yeah, people enjoyed listening to the training I delivered in the role that I currently have. So I figured transfer that to an audio medium and see where we can go. And I've had a few ideas. There's been the Lad Banter podcast, which is what every podcaster wants to do, just hang out with their mates and chat about whatever. Yep, but that's one style. If, if you want to be, yeah, but if it's a little bit hard to market, it's not attacking a niche, it's not necessarily going to have stable growth unless you already have a following. Like there's a lot of things you have to consider and you, you also have to consider your goals. Like is it about just doing it for the for a cathartic experience with your friends, or is it about you marketing and creating one of those behemoths I talked about that that really dominates a space and has success driven by listenership and marketing and ad revenue and things like that. But I started with the hobbyist and now I'm kind of leaning towards a bit more of the latter, trying to see how, how deep into the space I can get and uh, still testing out a few things here or there. But it was really the pandemic, availability of time, and being able to connect with people in a different way for me that that, that pushed me towards podcasting. Yeah, I think that is a common theme, definitely. With the pandemic, you know, people have seemed to kind of figure out, you know, what they like to do, who they are, who they want to be in the future. It's interesting, too. Podcasting has gone from this medium that was only audio, and now we have this video you know, um, integration basically where, and we can't seem to get the name right. We don't know if it's video podcasting or vodcasting I've heard recently, which sounds so stupid. We haven't found that yet as a community. There are the purists out there that will say 
Video isn't a podcast. A podcast is audio. And if it has an RSS feed, it's a podcast. But you're right. It's, it's getting kind of diluted a little bit. And the term podcast refers to, some t- for some people, a conversation between people that gets recorded and, you know, distributed and, and shared. Vodcast would make sense for people who use Twitch and store their podcasts for people to watch from there as opposed to distributing it via audio. But yeah, that there's everybody is a different type, and you'll find disagreement everywhere. Oh yeah, I'm sure agreement and disagreement and too much disagreement. It's it's really interesting thinking about podcasting that way too, because when we say we've got a podcast, when you talk to someone who listens to podcasts about it, they think, oh cool, so you're you're doing all the podcasts with these guys, all of these other podcasts in the world, but you are very much an island when you start your podcast if you haven't created relationships with other other podcasts as well and being in that island means that you have you know it, it takes a bit of effort to connect with the community at large but it means that you've got some luxuries too and i think it's the the authenticity the the genuineness of a podcast that really shows through in the content and the way it's delivered and the way that you engage the people who do listen. So it's as long as you accept yourselves as a podcast and the things that you do and the way that you approach it, I think that's all we can ask. Yeah. I've noticed that Twitter's the spot. Twitter's the spot where there's kind of this community of podcasters that will like and follow each other. And then there's like these little groups of podcasters that kind of all know each other. And then, you know, you kind of branch out from there and then there's, you know, Twitter spaces. And of course, Reddit is another great spot um, in certain subreddits. Certain ones are good. I don't think anybody knows what Reddit moderators get put through. (laughs) I can only imagine. I can only imagine. They they don't get enough love. That's for sure. But you're right about Twitter, though. Because I've recently tapped into that myself. Mm. Follow me at at NitBlissPod. There he is. Um, there he is right there. Twitter. Shameless. Yeah, shameless. <laughs> it's also a good tip for podcasters too. They call it shameless promotion because I think there's an element of modesty attached to podcasts as well. The trick is breaking that a little bit just to make sure that you, you know, you're not towing the line, but, you know, you're happy to talk about yourself in a way that makes people want to listen. But Twitter is definitely blasting out especially for the podcaster community. Uh, spaces are massive, especially since Clubhouse has kind of just gone into Good the toilet. Point. And yeah, the, I think I think the next big market niche for podcast is podcasters because they are such a, a small niche audience in comparison to everyone else, and they are necessarily invested in podcasts. And I've seen and listened to a lot of really well-produced podcasts that are directed at other podcasters that are just like they're hitting perfect stuff. Tanner Campbell is a really big one that I've started listening to. He's got great advice for anyone who's looking to start or is, has been doing it for a while and looking for those little tips. And he does very short form but direct podcasts and he's got some credibility behind him. So maybe check him out on on Twitter if anyone is keen to start diving in. Yeah, that's the good advice for anyone, especially starting out. Yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah, there are a lot of aspiring podcasters, of course. Uh, it seems like there's new ones every day. You know, some people seem, you know, they'll put one or two out and see if they like it or not, and then they inevitably quit. But 
it is important to establish the community, learn from your community, network with your community, especially join us over at Blind Knowledge. If you want to be part of a community, if you're experienced, you know, give us a, give us a ring 877-237-1143 or just tune into this and we can just figure it out from there. You know, there's so many options. There's podcast networks and a lot of podcast networks, they get a bad rap. There are some good ones out there. And of course, it's good pods. But you got to distribute yourself. You got to be out there both, you know, content wise, you know, maybe you go with video, you know, just to have some snippets out there to get people over to your audio or, you know, the list goes deep, but you got to start somewhere, right, Matt? Absolutely. And if I was being realistic, I'd say if you haven't started doing a podcast yet, it might be worth getting started before you talk to a podcast network oh yeah yeah that, that, that shout out wasn't for anyone just starting you gotta have something to offer no matter what you do you, yeah you don't want to throw yourself out there and then get yourself buried because it's like <laughs> it's like well here i am but i got nothing to offer so i'll just be here <laughs> but at the same time like this this is something that that I'm experiencing myself, which will be another really big piece of advice. Just this is turning into a podcast for podcasters. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is the direction we've gone, and here we are. When you are approaching a network like like yours, like Blind Knowledge, the conversations that start happening can often get overwhelming if you haven't tackled a couple of things first. Like if you've got a great idea for a podcast, you know, there's a niche for car owners who use an old version of CarPlay and hack their vehicles, for example. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That will be a niche market. Uh, it's a small amount of people, but they're invested in the platform and, you know, listening to podcasts in their car while they drive about how to fix their stereos and make CarPlay work with other devices, for example. It's a layup, right? All I need to do then is figure out how to record the audio, edit the audio, get it on a platform, pay some money to host the service. The list goes on and on and on and on, but eventually you land on monetization, advertising. How do I make this work for me? Right. And how do I get paid for my time? And you think of a network and connecting with other people to try and blast that growth up. But if you haven't had a crack at the podcast yet, coming to that conversation with very little in terms of experience and stuff, you might have a big enough following in other places that you can kind of leverage into something and just sidle into it. And if you're lucky enough to have a proclivity to technology and the podcasting world, then good on you. But it's really good to start doing it on your own first. Like me having the Lad Banter podcast that I was talking about earlier as an eventually failed podcast for different reasons than that. But, you know, just dip your toe in the water. See what it's like, get a few episodes under your belt, iron out the kinks, and then approach a network like Blind Knowledge to see what you can foster in that relationship. And then it kind of can grow from there. And I'm I'm seeing so many networks now. It's like it's like when you find an ant. Yeah, they're all following me. They're following me, man. I should have started this three years ago when I thought of it, but now uh now a lot of us maybe they're not following me, maybe I'm following them. I'm not sure, but um I didn't notice anybody else when I started this. I was like, well, let's do it this way. And yeah, there's uh everyone has the same idea at the same spot. But it seems like there's little intric um little small things that are different from me from each one. Or at least there has to be for survival for competition wise. So 
we'll see how it plays out. That's the thing too. It doesn't necessarily have to be competition either because there's so many that exist, but how many of them have have died or, you know, finished? You never know. Yeah, you don't know. And I'm all about, you know, not just not just straight up competition, but competition can be good. Like look at Coke and Pepsi. You know, there is no there is no Pepsi without Coke and without Pepsi you know, it just it, it needs to be there almost. Like it would be weird without it. And and yes, they're competitive, but they're both they keep their prices kind of the same. You know, they're marketing the same kind of product. They need each other essentially. So they kind of there is kind of a working relationship almost. And I'm all about that. I'm all about working relationships, networking, cross promoting, even sharing talent. You know, swapping it out, and you know, working together within the industry to get things done and potentially boost both of us. I mean, that's the end goal. You know, I'd rather have it that way than be like, "Oh, well, screw you. We don't like you. We're going to be better than you." Blah blah blah. We're going to down talk you. It's just not my style. You get nowhere with that i don't i think unless they're total scumbags but you know i haven't met anyone like that yet that's how i describe the podcasting community in general the ones yeah, that that get point. to hang around for a long time and connect with other podcasters it's never you know people lashing out at others or being in direct competition with each other we're all trying to boost ourselves right because we understand what we're all yeah what we're all going through and a network can be a really good way of doing that but just generally, people who are in podcasting for podcasting's sake, they're the ones who are going to be the most supportive and, and probably end up being the most successful. Talking about podcast networks, generally, there's one that I stumbled on recently after hearing about it from someone who had co-hosted an episode with us on the Game & Watch podcast. They're called Fandom Limb, and their offering as a network is that you pay a little bit of money you get the opportunity to run advertising on your podcast and cross-promote with their uh, other collaborating podcasts as well. And it's all focused around video games and nostalgia and kind of comic books and stuff. So it's really interesting the kind of networks you can find. But obviously, we want to stick with blind knowledge, right? <laughs> he is a teacher. Folks, he is a teacher. You can tell. He does Teaching Culture Cast. That is the name of the podcast, Teaching Culture Cast. And you can see it, well, you can see it when you punch it into your phone or into your computer on Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else you listen to your favorite audio podcast. And just as a last thing, we've also got the teachingculturecast.com which is the home website where you can listen to episodes, find out a little bit more about me. And if you're a teacher that's keen to contribute to that community, you can get in touch with me there as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. This is a great conversation. Uh, you know, everything is just when it's live, it's live, my man. And that went, um, you know, that went down a road. I didn't think we'd even go down. But hey, here we are. We made it. We survived. And I hope I have uh, I have you on again soon. This was fun, bro. Yeah, man. Had a great time. Let's see how we go. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. All right. We're going to let you go, Matt. Have a good one, buddy. And that was Matt Bliss, everybody. Matt Bliss. He does Teaching Culture Cast. Uh, great guy. Great beard. Great things to say. Very knowledgeable, sir, uh, I got to say, and a, a great time. So, in any doubt, before my whole system explodes, uh, sparks are flying, there is some yellow flames. Anyway, I got to go. Uh, next time, we're going to have someone on. Uh, I don't even know who's next. You just have to figure it out. Watch. Uh, 
we'll see what happens. There's like a fire over here. I, I got to go. Hi there. My name is Chris. I'm the host of the Cult Film Companion Podcast. We are the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. I'm a firm believer that a cult movie can come from any time period, any director, any movie studio, and covers a wide variety of genres, often within one single movie. It's all about the legacy that these movies have built up over time. Tune into the Cult Film Companion, and remember to keep it cult. But don't drink the Kool-Aid, because it'll make you sick. Or kill you. Take care. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. BlindKnowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation.